0: This story used to bother me a great deal. Jesus touches a man who is blind, and his eyes are open, but they don't see clearly, and Jesus has to touch him a second time. It always bothered me that Jesus apparently didn't get it right the first try. Uh, but what I've come to understand, I think, are a couple of things. One is that often healing is a process. Um, I love the story that, of Jesus and the lepers, and uh, Jesus pronounces their healing, but they're not healed until they go on the way. Uh, to report to the priest, to have their healing checked out. I think about the blind man um, in another story who was uh, born blind and and the man who was paralyzed for 38 years, and you realize that even when they are healed, there are still so many issues to work out. One particular story, Jesus uh, uh, comes upon a man who is lame. Actually, he comes upon Jesus as they lower him through a roof. And uh, Jesus first forgives the man's sins and then heals him physically. And it reminds me that so much is involved in healing. It's not just physical but emotional as well. And that sort of wholeness is often a process. But what really convinced me that this story proves itself to be the Word of God is when I look more closely at my own life and when I see the way that God began to open my eyes to people in this world and if I were to describe the way God opened my eyes, it would be this. When God made me aware of people and that they were gods and that they had needs and that they had hurts and they had dreams and hopes. When I first saw them, they were like trees. And it would take some continuing work by God before I began to see them more clearly on an individual basis. I can think of one of the ways this happened when God first put on my heart the need for people to hear the gospel, the the need for people to know Jesus as Lord. I, I thought in terms of trees, I thought in terms of large numbers of people, and I always thought, well, the more people that show, the better, because the more they can hear the word of God and the more that can work on their life. And I invested a great deal of energy in recruiting trees and trying to speak to trees, and trying to see if we couldn't gather the more the merrier. And one of the things that happened is, it really in the back of my heart and mind, if there weren't large numbers of trees, uh, I was disappointed that I began to uh, draw the correlation that the more trees, the more God was at work. The fewer trees, the, the less God was at work. And I remember my disappointment, the first youth trip I ever took at one church, and, and I tried to rally the parents, had a meeting with them, because I was a new pastor, and I know they didn't particularly trust me yet. Tried to tell them all the wonderful things we were going to do on this youth trip and how great it would be for their youth. And so sign-up day came, and three youth signed up. Well, the good news was I didn't have to rent a van. So we piled into my little VW, and off we went, the three of us, on on our trip and on our journey and I remember getting home and and one of the things I said to my wife was you know uh six days on three kids just doesn't seem like a good stewardship of of time and effort because I still was worried about trees well what was interesting was I got an email from one of those kids this week who's now 36 years old and this was one of the quotes she said to me she said David I've heard it said that every person needs seven other people to love them unconditionally. I just want you to know, she said, you are one of my seven. She said, large part of who I am and what I've done has come from the time that we spent together. And we started as three. But God was there. But, but it took me a while to see people as individually and not to see them as as." as as just part of a crowd, and to think that crowds somehow mattered. One of the amazing abilities of Jesus was to look at a crowd and pick out individuals. And so he sees Zacchaeus, who is in a tree. He stops in the midst of a busy day on the way to heal the daughter of a very important man because a woman grabs the hem of his robe. Jesus had that ability to distinguish the individuals, the people, among the trees. And I think that's also God continues to work with me when when I deal with people uh whether it's people that are close to me or people that are distant and for one reason or another in our dealings uh, I get hurt. And one of the things that that God has helped me to do is as I used to uh when I got hurt is is sort of see people as trees and the way that I would group them together is they've hurt me intentionally. They've hurt me because they're idiots. They're hurting me because they're mean-spirited. And you can just fill in the blank. And it was always just sort of a blanket tree category that everything fit in the middle. And what God has opened my eyes to is when there is friction uh, and when there is hurt, it's usually because one or both of us are carrying immense pain around in, in our life. But typically we hurt one another because we are hurting already. One of the things that would just make life so much easier for me is if people wore like placards or or, or, uh, large name tags that might say their name and then say, just had a fight with my spouse. Or on their placard, it might be, hate my job and my boss. Or on their placard, my daughter didn't come in till four in the morning and we wondered where she was. And they would let me know. Because every one of us who walks into here has got one of those signs. Every one of us has got something uh, that, has, that has stirred our life uh, in, in, and has hurt us or drained us in some way. I know I've told you this before, but it was such a helpful image to me when we had a guest speaker a few years ago, Greg Bear, and he used this illustration. He said, let's say you and I are having a conversation by the pool, and I'm sitting here talking with you by the pool, and my back is to the pool, and, and I'm getting splashed. And, and I'm getting wet, and actually if I'd wanted to get wet, I would have been in the pool. And so I'm a little frustrated as I'm trying to talk to you, and I'm a turn around, and I'm really upset with the person splashing me. But then when I turn around, I see that the person splashing me is drowning. And they're just there treading water, fighting for their very life. One of the things that Jesus has opened my eyes to is from treating people as trees and assuming every one of them their motives and their experiences in life are the same to beginning to understand that, that each of us each of us has our own individual things that that hurt us and in and our life and, and condition us or spur us to act and react in certain ways. We had a class on forgiveness uh, earlier in May, and the book that they uh, they used was called Forgive for Good, and a friend of mine, David Reed, gave it to me. And one of the things he said is if you're going to move to the point where you can forgive people, then one of the things you need to understand is that most of the time you, we take things too personally. We assume that a person hurts us because they're out to ruin our life. That that's, and the funny thing is when this gets moved in uh, into marriage... I think it's real funny that when we stand at an altar and we pledge to love and support and encourage one another, and then within several years we are just sure that other person is trying to destroy us. And and it's not that personal at all. It's usually just accidental. They're drowning. They're trying to grab for whatever they can grab for to stay afloat. And one of the things that has helped me is, is... is to begin to not treat people like trees, to begin to understand that people are individuals with their own hurts, with their own pains, uh, with their own hopes, and their own dreams. Fred Craddock put it this way. He said, it is usually when we're at war with ourselves that we make casualties of the people around us. Begin to understand people in new ways. When people had specific need, usually because they were not as... Uh, well off as i might be or uh, as fortunate in in resources as i am i used to treat them as trees and say well they're all in need of the help that i can give them and and i'll ride in on my white horse and so dine and i rode into nigeria and dine and i rode into ghana and liberia and we've got a group riding into piedras negras next week and sometimes the attitude is they're all trees and we treat them all the same. They all work, need whatever we can pour on them. And what God showed me when I went to Africa and what God has showed me when I've volunteered at uh, local assistance agencies like Cam and Agape is that if I will slow down and see the, the people who apparently are in need as people, not trees, I will find that they have something to give. I will tell you that I spent... Uh, Two weeks in Africa, a couple years ago, as you remember, and I received from those people much more than I gave. And that has been, without fail, I believe, the result of most every exchange I've had with a person, whatever kind of need they have, in the last couple years when I've begun to no longer treat them as trees, but see them as people blessed by God, gifted by God, who are just resourced differently than I am. God opened my eyes and saw these people, no longer trees, and I have been blessed in receiving from them. And then finally, I believe God opened my eyes from the day when I saw myself as one of God's trees. Just one of millions, one of two billion living right now. Uh, one of the people for whom Christ died and one of the people for whom uh, 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 heaven uh, was a reality or would be reality, uh, one of whom uh, has been forgiven. And I used to see myself as one of that larger crowd. But the problem was when I saw myself as one of these trees, then in my mind I started turning and thought, now how can I somehow distinguish myself from the other trees? Yeah, I know God loves every one of us, but how could I get God to love me a little bit more than God loves you? When I had that tree mentality, I walked into the world and life like that. But as God worked and moved me from seeing myself as one of God's trees to one of God's people to one of God's beloved children, I began to realize that the kingdom of heaven is not some limited piece of pie. And that if I get a a certain size piece, that means yours, by definition, must somehow be smaller. Because there's a limit to the grace and the love of God. And I began to understand that God loves each and every one of us extravagantly. And I don't need to go climb a tree like Zacchaeus for Jesus to notice me. He has noticed me already. When I began to see this, I realized I was not just one of two billion of God's trees. But I was an individual, a special child of God. Augustine had tried to put me on to this centuries and centuries ago when he said, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us to love. See, I guess that's the trick in the whole deal. God never thought yet that it was crowds that counted. God always knew it was individual people, not trees. And I've realized since that Henry Nouwen is probably correct when he said all spiritual growth will consist in living out of the fact that we are special children of God. When I know that I am a, not a tree, but an individual loved deeply by God and unconditionally by God. All of my growth and my future discipleship will be living out of that fact. Living out of the fact that I'm not a tree, I'm a child. And living out of the fact that every person I meet here or in Africa or Mexico is the same.